Welcome to episode 12 of the Soulcast. Today we have a supercast between the Soulcast and Art House podcast. Uh, that's spelt Art H A U S. With my friend Tiger. His Twitter is at T Y G R Tiger Productions. All one word. Go give him a follow, check him out, check out Art House Podcast. Uh, we have a bit of a user submitted question podcast here. We talk about a number of things. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it and let me know what you think. Alright, guys, this is Art House and it's also Soul, Soulcast, right? We got Soulbra here again. Again. We're here to. Uh, Take some of your questions, have a, you know, have a good chat on some, you know, good health, esoteric, you know, good topics that we all like to uh, talk about on the daily. So, Sobra, how you doing? I'm very well, man. I'm so grateful to be back in the gyms over here. The whole corona situation is dying down, getting back to some sense of normalcy. So that's, you know, can't be unhappy when that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh... I got my home gym. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to roll with that because I've been doing kickboxing and I'm just keeping up with the, uh, you know, I got to keep the gym fees in line. So kickboxing with weights at home has been has been great. Usually when we do these casts, I like to push it to the guests initially, but I actually have something I think we could we could start with. Sure. That's something that happened to me recently and I think it could, uh, you know, it's something that we could talk about and that's um, my weight gain, right? So I've had a problem with gaining mass for probably two years yeah i so basically my biggest i've ever gotten to was 166 and for the for for all the records and whatnot i'm about six one yeah so pretty underweight yeah and skinny. i got to about 166 yeah yeah definitely skinny <laughs> and about 166 and that was the that was the night that i fell and bro- and fractured my back filming so oh jesus that happened yeah yeah and that's a whole other Hole of the rabbit hole, but okay. fell fell on my back, and then all that lost about twenty pounds. Right, got down to like one forty eight. Yeah, and then skeleton so mode. Really like skeleton. Yeah, skeleton <laughs> mode. And then no offense. Ever since then, yeah, no, no, it, it's it's just how just yeah, it, it is what it, it is. It'd be that way, bro. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I got back, and I've been hovering at around one fifty. 153 to 155 for the longest time for probably over a year and a half yeah and no matter how many calories i eat no matter how many like perfectly counted out all the times perfect extra everything like that no weight gain nothing like that happened so i hit up my man grimhood and i'm like dude this has been going on way too long what the hell is going on so I, you know, we exchanged a couple of things like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, my, my, my bowel movements are fine and whatnot. And he said, basically, I assume it's probably something to do with thiamine, which is a part, which is vitamin B1. Yeah. And the fact that you eat lots of red meat and you're not supplementing with beef liver or, or eating beef liver yeah. to, you know, act as, to counteract the, uh, you know, out of the copper in there for the iron and whatnot, and you could be messing up with your gut health because you're you're drinking kefir, you're doing all this other stuff, and everything's fine, but those two things. So, got my bio, got my thiamine, yeah, got my high dose thiamine. Been taking beef liver. I'm up five pounds in a week, and it's like, yeah. not, it's like I wake up dry, five pounds heavier. And yeah, I'm like, okay, everything <laughs> is now beautiful. Everything yeah. is fixed. No, that's awesome, man. And, and so I think like people don't realize that. 
You can eat a shitload, but if you're not absorbing what's in the food, then it's just passing through you, like this big tube and nothing goes actually into your body. So a lot of people will just smash calories, not really think about the nutritional processes and biological processes behind the scenes. Because if that's not optimized, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, um, especially with the things like, for instance, vitamin D and vitamin A. Uh, you need those fat-soluble vitamins in order to absorb nutrients in other food. So if you have, like, it's like the the fuel for the fire to, you know, take everything in. Um, and if you don't have quality sources of that, which is likely no one in, like, unless you're supplementing, if you're just eating, like, a standard Western yeah. diet um, with, with no organ meats and things like that. That's also why I recommend... Gotcha. Uh, liver pills desiccated liver pills you know the dried beef liver it's mm. usually from argentina so it's a very good quality at least the brands that i have or yeah. ancestral supplements is a big one um, that's the one i'm using ancestral supplements oh cool yeah I've, I've just got some coming in the mail um but that's one of the things that i recommend for people to take is work up to it like for, for instance i take five to six liver pills with each meal with each main meal right and then like a few others with snacks throughout the day uh, Vince Garanda was a, a, a big proponent of this, you know, uh, smashing eggs, smashing liver pills. And it makes sense to me on so many levels because it's just the most pure, concentrated form of nutrition that is bioavailable for humans in our digestive systems that it, it's just stupid not to take it. And you don't even have to eat it, you know, if you're grossed out by eating liver and you don't like the taste or texture. The desiccated liver pills are just a bit of a easy way to pop a few, and it's obviously worked out dividends for you. Yeah, like that. that, that that's the thing that I, that I uh, opened my eyes to is the fact that like we have access to all these. I mean, you look at ancestral supplements; they got spleen, heart, liver, all these different organs. And I'm just thinking, like, wait, why why, why am I taking these like lab-grown supplements for things that you know are like byproducts of real things when I could just get like the freeze-dried yeah. actual thing in yeah. supplement form. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's, it's crazy. Some supplements, uh, you know, you can take for like a, a super dose and that has different effects or whether it's um, fixing particular imbalances you have in the pure form, but for the most right, part... Right, like, like vi vitamin D. Vitamin D, like you said, very good example because, in, you know, in foods it is in there, but I mean, you can get 10,000 IU little like fish oil capsules like this tiny tiny little capsules and you're good especially when you're out getting sun perfect yeah no i mean obviously your, your first default is obviously to be in the sun there's no replacement for that not only just for the vitamin d production but for so many other different things uh but yeah in, in a pinch yeah. especially in like the northern hemisphere in the winter it can get fucking depressing not getting any sun and to kind of hedge against that as well as improve your mood to take vitamin d and just make sure you're kind of buffering against that lack of sunlight now where you're at in uh in aussie is there do you get do you get year-round sunshine even when it's cooler yeah uh, it, we're pretty lucky um it's obviously cooler at the moment because of winter but you know a week and a half ago we had a week straight of uh mid 20 degrees celsius full sunlight so i mean i, I can't complain um probably one of the sunniest cities in the world where i am so i'm i i'm very uh i don't want to move <laughs> really at this point in time <laughs> it's just too nice yeah if you break it down 
it's too, it's it's too damn nice. Well, Solbrot, you said uh, you you got some uh, you got some questions from your mates. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So um, to, uh, if... want to break some of those down and uh, sure. let me pull out some of the other ones just see what I got. Um, um let me see if there's any. I'll just preface okay. this by saying that with my the ones that I have when we get to them. Um, these have all come from people submitting a question to the Soulcast, which you can do at my website, soulbrow.com, um, and just head to the podcast bit and you can submit any topic or, or question you have there. And that kind of goes to my list where I work through them for the Soulcast moving forward. So that's where I've got these. Perfect. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Just got, uh, okay. Some American Psycho meme. <laughs> uh, favorite favorite song, favorite Daft Punk song. Those are kind of low level. Let, let's just go with one of the ones you got. Okay, we'll, we'll check back. Sure. Um, well, the first one: places to meet people or places to pick up girls. Today, people are hyper antisocial. Good point. And either don't go out too much or are very guarded and unfriendly when they do. What are the ways to deal with this? Um, so the first thing I would say about that is that I don't think people are super guarded or unfriendly as such. I think for the most part, uh, the average person is very willing to start a conversation as long as you're nice and you're not weird about it. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the premise with this question is already a bit wonky because yeah. I don't, that that's not all people by any means. Like I, I will say too, on average, normies are very talkative. Like they want to at the bars and whatnot like they're always down to chat yeah it depends you got to come into it with like not expecting to off the bat you know some weird reference or or come on very strong you know you have to <laughs> play that game of small talk for people that you don't know for the most part and you don't have to be like ridiculous with it like it can get fucking boring just talking oh yeah how's it going you know you come here all the time all that kind of stuff and you can fade into obscurity right. if, if you open up some stranger she's like okay I don't really want to talk to this guy but um, I think a good good one with this maybe in reference to just meeting people in general when you're out and about is just to go up and say, give someone a compliment. And that usually opens to a conversation uh, or at least an introduction. Um, you're not going to get along with everyone you find. But when you, when you come in with a, a compliment that's not, you know, hey, baby, you look so fine tonight, you know, um, it, it kind of disarms them in a way. Um, and can lead to some some good conversations even if it's not a girl that you're trying to get with just a random person flexing that muscle of a first yeah, entering dudes. a conversation with someone is, is good even dudes going like dude I, I like your jacket where'd you get that or like yeah you know you know so, so, something you know you could and then that just start up a conversation or he has a tattoo of like a you know, so, something that you like or something like that. You'd be like, oh, when did you start following that band or blah, 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 blah. Then yeah. boom, you got a new friend. Yeah, exactly. And you never know if, if they're going to be, oh, yeah, here, I'm here with some friends, come to the table. And then there are some girls there and you've got that kind of social in, in a way. Um, but yeah, places right. to meet girls as such, anywhere, anywhere that girls are. Girls are everywhere. Um, you know, they're just normal people just like us. Um, so I think like the gym is a good one you know there's and you know they're going to be at least fit because you see them working out so if, if you value that in a partner you can do that 
the only thing Jim's Jim's tricky though. I will yeah, say though, yeah. if you're if you're not totally socially there, like you don't you don't fully understand cues, I wouldn't start with the gym because no, good point. you're probably what's gonna end up happening is there's gonna be a girl doing her set and you're gonna be like, oh my god, the yoga pants, and you're gonna walk up to her mid set <laughs> and start bumbling around, being a fucktard, and then she's gonna look at you like like trying to finish your set, like yeah, yeah, go away, please, you know. But you're just standing there. Okay, counterpoint just, to that. Counterpoint to that. Okay. Do you think if the the Brad Pitt character casually came up to a girl, said hi while she was resting, and said, "Hey, uh, form looks pretty good. You know, have you tried doing this exercise or whatever?" Do you think she would tell you to fuck off? No. No, but so it's all about context, I guess. It, if it, it, it's it's all it's all about context. And it's about the social cues, right? If you if you're coming in like mid set, or you're coming in and you're sweating, and you're you know <laughs> you're like you know maybe yeah, you yeah, just yeah. started going to the gym and you still got some pounds on you, maybe you're not maybe maybe that doesn't like, matter, bro. Honestly, you, know, you can tell yourself all these things. Like, okay, yes, in the grand scheme of things, you want to have lower body fat and all that. But I've seen shabby out of shape guys get girls in all situations and that's only because they've just gone in and, and gone like fuck it i'm just gonna give it a go and they they don't give a fuck about that other stuff and when you don't give a fuck about it well, the girl doesn't give a fuck about it but of course the I better will, chance at the end of, that of the day yes i will say at the end of the day having just fuck it let's do it mindset is the best just i'm saying yes. i'm taking like an overall context yeah. usually the gym is not like you have to be on your game. But if you're on your game, like like, like Solbra said, lots of fit girls there, lots of like disciplined, good girls there that like, you know, they care about their body, they care about their health. So if you can get one there, by all means, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess it's more of a, maybe that's a, a higher level one. Um, but yeah, another one would be just out of, if you have any hobbies that you like to do to kind of go to a regular oh. class in your community, so you know they kind of maybe live in the same area as you, that's another good one. Um, if, if you're into it to do a dancing class, I know a lot of guys will balk at that because it's quote unquote gay or whatever, but being able to kind of communicate in that way, um, and, and dance and it's, it's just like a fun environment and you usually partner up with a girl and, and you rotate partners in the class. So I know that's a, a pretty stereotypical one to say, go take dance classes, but it's true. Things like that. I will anyway. say too, my, I... I got my girl at a public library, so yeah. if you're going there, Very good right? One. If you if you want if you're looking for more and more uh, a quieter girl and you like just wants to kind of like you know who's more into books and not really into like the big club scene and whatnot, it's a very good opportunity for that. Yes, I personally have never picked up a girl in the library, but I'm sure that <laughs> that rings true. Maybe like bookstores and things like that. At least that's going to be a yeah, a like high little. Like, think of what introverts do, right? If you're an introvert, especially. If you're an introvert guy trying to get a girl, like, you don't want to go to a club. Because like, you're not going to thrive in that environment. You want to you want to go to environments that you'll thrive in so the interaction is smooth and you're in the power. You know, you're in the driver's seat with it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely pay that. I also would say, though, is like... And I'm not a fan of clubs as such. Um... You know they're expensive. You're you're going out. You're drinking a lot, which is bad for you. Uh, you know there's just the general environment. There's a lot of dickheads around. Um, but you know Pat if you treat it, too. lots of tier five, lots of tier five women. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, like, you know, hot, good girls, they go out to the club as well sometimes. It's, it's fun to have drinks with your friends and, and go out and blow off some steam. And it also depends what kind of club you go to. I mean, there are gross clubs with gross people that just go there and, and get fucked up and you don't really want to be around those. But, you know, there's kind of higher-end uh, summer clubs where there's DJs and maybe it's in the afternoon. That kind of thing is just a social event. So I think... You know, you can't you can't fully completely avoid those situations just because you you're quite an introvert as such. But to start with, of course, just you know, get used to it. Maybe in a less intense environment, but the club is just a social environment, just like anything else. And um, there's going to be a, a lot more girls out there, and girls that are in a club, possibly higher chance that they're out looking for a guy. So you have that working for you as well. Yeah. So I think it's good to you know. Uh, be forged in the fire in a way in a, in the nightclub mm-hmm. environment i'd say I, I would totally agree but if you're if you're comp- like if you're so terrified of girls so terrified starting with like the coffee shop starting with the library starting with the you know the potted plant store something like that and then work up your confidence then go to the club right because if you just get one little win one little coffee shop phone number right your, your confidence goes through the roof through the roof and you'll be like okay i can start going out with more people i can start doing this i can start doing that just it's about getting those tiny little wins and stacking them every day yeah no for sure i would also add that maybe your chances would be higher in general in a club because they're out looking to be social but if someone could be in a club mm. you know uh, in a in a book club reading you know might not necessarily be as receptive so yeah this is all theorizing so, yeah, and just to Talk to girls, basically. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. End of the day, if if you're talking to girls, if you're talking to other people, just wherever you are, you're you're, going to make progress in that. Yeah. Girls or otherwise. Just be social. Yeah. Yeah, just be social. Just be social. Oh, and also, too, just like, this is what I'll say, too. This is what kind of made it hard for me initially is don't be so judgmental of people right off the bat. Like, if you talk to them, and you're like, oh, they're normie. Fuck these people, right? You're you're destroying an opportunity for a connection right there. You're destroying an opportunity yeah. to like, you know, build a conversation, build a relationship. Because maybe he isn't can't be your friend, but maybe his friend, you know, can be your friend. Or you know, yeah. he introduces you to a girl, and she's really cute, right? So you don't want to just be breaking those connections because you don't like the first impression right off the bat. Yeah, I agree with that. There's there's something to in general not judging as much and i think it it kind of correlates to when you first develop the philosophy side of it and become aware of your ego and that whole concept is like you catch yourself if you see someone maybe it's amongst friends um being like if you're watching the tv or something oh look at this dude he looks so fucking stupid with his you know what kind of shirt is that like it's a very default toxic mindset that seems to be prevalent in people that might not be aware of what they're doing and everything so i think that's a great first step in general in in mindset development is to catch yourself when you're about to say something unnecessarily negative about someone or, or judge them for their appearance because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like sometimes it's funny to just roast people in like a light-hearted manner amongst friends and you know talk a bit of shit. But to like if it's every single day and every time you see a new person and now if if you're listening and you're conscious of this and you'll you, you'll start to see other people do it and it's most of the time 
it's uh, it's it's a bit of insecurity coming through where people might not be as, as confident in their own image and be threatened somewhat by someone else because it reflects something in themselves that they're upset about. So they kind of lash out as a defense mechanism to bring the other person down. And I think it's important yeah. to be conscious of that. And when you're in general less judgmental, you'll definitely... Uh, you'll just be like a more a happier person in general and that itself is attractive as well yeah I mean if the default reaction is negative right off the bat it's probably you probably need to have you probably need to rewire your mind a bit probably yeah. need to look at yourself yeah definitely well that, that hopefully that helps uh, helps that guy out whatever yeah did you, did you get an at or something uh, no, I've just had it anonymous for the submissions. Maybe I'll change that. Oh, okay. But gotcha. just easier for people, gotcha. especially. Well, yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, you got another one? Yeah, sure. Um, let's, see, let's see if let's see if the, let's see if my mates said anything. Okay. I got one here. Oh, perfect. Let's roll. Um. Okay. So. What are the best exercises to gain abdominal muscle? How many sets and reps? Uh, thank you. So this is a pretty standard one, I guess. Um, I think it's important to talk about, you know, the, the general approach that people have to ab training is a million body weight reps. And that's fine to start with. It's fine if you don't have access to any weights or anything, but the abdominal muscles respond very similar to every other muscle group you know they, they respond to a higher load in the lower rep ranges you know you're not doing 50 sit-ups um, so what I personally do for abdominals is uh, my favorite ab exercise is probably a weighted cable crunch so you you'll take a like the the tricep rope attachment and you'll put it high up on the cables kind of have that in front of you and, and holding it and then just yeah you got it you got it and then curl right down to the bottom yeah um and really kind of curling up like a uh armadillo that kind of motion um and using a weight yeah, so that you're yeah rolly poly what do we call them here millipedes or something um anyway that so you're doing a full rep of that but doing about four sets at a, at a weight where you're failing at around 10. So it's a it's a proper decent weight. You know, I th think I use like 45 kilos or something. Um, and, and pulling that down um, of the stack and doing that at the start of every workout, it's kind of like, if you've never trained your abs with any decent amount of weight, you'll, you'll notice a difference within two weeks of doing that. That kind of treating as a warm-up set for everything else, uh, but the frequency is, you know, four times a week. Um, as well as some extra leg raises and things. Sometimes I'll, I'll do supersets, so I'll, I'll throw in an ab exercise in between when I'm training like back and chest or, or arms or whatever. Uh, I think that's a great one to kind of think about just to make your workout a little bit harder so that the rest period that you have is used for like a bodyweight ab exercise, so higher frequency as well doing that. Leg raises as well are quite hard because you're lifting obviously your entire leg weight which is mostly your body weight um so that is another way yeah. of doing like a, a body weight ab exercise but still has decent weight behind it so you're not going to have to do 45 million reps in order to feel anything and i'll tell you too i'll tell you too leg raises are a great uh exercise to test if your hips are tight yeah because 
if you're bringing up your legs and you have that pop in your hips, your hips are tight. You gotta, you gotta get that out. You gotta stretch your psoas and you gotta just probably do some lower back strengthening as well. Yeah, if if you don't have that mobility, then sometimes people use their hip flexors to pull up their legs rather than uh, kind of using the abdominals to lift their legs up. So that's an important distinction that people might want to look into. It's kind of hard for me to describe here, but um, just making sure you're actually using the ab muscles and not the hip flexors. Mm -hmm. Very key. For mine, I would say I would say two. Solbra covered all the good ones, and if you do his, you know your goal. But two things to look out for on my end is that if you're doing a compound exercise, if you're doing a deadlift, be sure to really focus on that core. Because if you're keeping that core tight when you're doing your pressing, when you're doing your squats, when you're doing your your deadlifts, that's going to help develop the core too. Because it's, it's putting it under so much stress. And not just the abs, but the obliques and the sides and the lower back area, that whole core is going to get so tight just from lifting up that, like you said, high high load, but lower rep uh, lower rep work. And then the other thing too is we do a lot of uh, L-sits in uh, kickboxing. Yeah. And L-sits are great because it's a great stable exercise. Your legs are up, so you kind of get that same feeling of the leg lift. And then, but also there's a progression that you can do as well where... You start sitting on the floor, and then eventually, you're uh, you can you can hold it up by your hands. You see gymnasts doing that all the time, and that trains scapula strength like a motherfucker. Oh yeah. So it's a great just all around, you know. I, I call I call it the tiny muscles. You know, like the all, all the things that you train. Yeah, the stabilizers, the thing that you train you train. You know, not directly. You train them indirectly. The the L sit works all of those in, in a great way. It works the wrist because you're holding it like that. Like it's it's really good. It's really good. So L sits and holding your core when you're doing your compounds is a big two things. Yeah, I think it's important to mention that the core is used in stabilization for every fucking exercise that you do. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's important for so many different things, keeping your spine straight. Uh, so that's another good core exercise is to hold a weight a dumbbell or a kettlebell on either side but just on one side and just keeping straight tension and holding your body up is using the abs so when you're introducing that weight that's pulling you down on one side so to speak if you're just stabilizing the spine and holding it there you're going to feel that burn after holding that for like 25 seconds or so so that can be another good one that people can use a bit more weight and that's also going to translate to to real life because you know, for instance, if you're walking in with shopping in one hand and you have, let's say, you know, 20 pounds of stuff on one hand and then you got to walk up some steps and, and balance your keys and all the rest, these are just like little yeah. life things that seem to improve when you train in, in these kind of unconventional exercises that might mimic or more closely mimic um, strength, practical strength in a way. All right. Right, because practical strength isn't really, it's not unilateral, it's not even, it's oftentimes, you know, single leg, it's oftentimes awkward, it's, yeah. you know, it's one-sided, yeah. so you really got to train for all of those scenarios. Like Lobo says, train everything. Train everything, that's, yeah, So I think that's one of the best things that's come out of Twitter recently, popularized by Lobo, of course, um, or created, I'm not sure. But yeah, training everything, yeah. train train your flexibility, train your, your cardiovascular endurance, train your mobility and um, train your foot muscles, your neck muscles, the hand muscles, the wrist muscles, all these things that kind of fall by the wayside when you look at the traditional big lifts in the gym. But when you start to actually focus on them, you'll, you'll notice the difference and 
that it goes to the brain as well you know training your brain training flexing your brain muscles your idea muscle which i think is a, a great one to um to do as well have you ever done that no i haven't okay well I, i'll explain it so i got it out of uh a book that i have recently read called choose yourself by james altucher i might be saying his name wrong Altucher. yeah yeah Altucher. Yeah. yeah so in in this book choose yourself he he writes i think it's a pretty common thing anyway but the idea that you flex your idea muscles so you you block a certain time of day just 10 minutes or 15 minutes where you sit down with a pen and paper and you think up eight to ten ideas you know whether that's for a business a new product um you know a social movement just just an idea of anything um and kind of sit there and wherever these ideas come from you just write them down and as you sit down and you practice this skill the certain area of your brain that comes up with this stuff gets better you know you, you do more reps at it so it gets more efficient and what ends up happening is the ideas start to just come at you all the time and you know whether you're conscious of the action or not when you sit down and write the ideas they'll come through better quality and, and more often and, and more easy but your ideas will start popping up about businesses or optimizations you can make in your life or all these different things that are you know the basis of a possible business or a life change that you need to make and and sitting down and dedicating the time to flexing this idea muscle in your brain whatever it is um, is, is super important and I think uh, a good thing for people to kind of do I'd say that and taking walks just let it mm. just having time for you to think and to just no let phone. you you know yeah no phone no music yeah you don't need that just you your ideas and you just let your mind go yeah you, you, you just follow everything and then you get and then you rush home right because you have all these ideas and you write them all down and you're like oh yeah look at all that it's gonna be millions take a notebook though because if you're doing a decent walk you'll fucking forget shit i do that all the time until i started taking a little notebook <laughs> that's a good idea yeah right there tiny little notebook yeah bring it every day and you know you get your exercise you get your you get your ideas down it's it's the best little leisure activity you can do you're out you're usually out in nature as well which is great in terms of the air quality and, and all the different things barefoot yeah yeah, the whole the whole nature part. Yeah, nature's just objectively good. So yeah. Is that? All right, we got a. Um, let's see, I got I got a couple interesting ones that have been dropped. Okay. Into a. Uh, into the thing. So, breakfast quiche, at breakfast quiche says, keys to growing athleticism. Now this is a pretty uh, it's a pretty broad one, but I think it's interesting because, well, you know, in this in this corner of Twitter, there's lots of talk about weight training. There's lots of talk about you know bodybuilding and stuff like that. But pure athleticism isn't really as as hot because it's not you know it, you can't really like show it off in a picture. That's my that's my thinking on it. There's yeah. a guy uh, K Dot that did sprinting and whatnot. But there's not really, there's not many tips that go around for just increasing, you know, the athleticism, the explosivity, the, you know, jump height, speed, you know, things that make you a harder, better, faster, stronger human. So, do you have, well, how would you approach that question? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of several faceted, I guess. Um, first thing to mention would be what kind of athleticism, you know, there's, there's many different types of athleticism depending on the sport. Um, that you're pursuing, whether it's uh, track-related or, or 
or just a, a ball sport of some kind. So there's lateral movement, um, there's explosivity, like you mentioned. But first of all, is obviously practice the skills that you need to get better at. You know, there's a lot of you know, if you want to get better at something, you have to do it that more. If you want to get a better tennis serve, you have to practice your tennis serve. You know, you're not going to be able to do a, a rear delt exercise to improve your athleticism of your serve. You will to some degree, of course, but it's not going to mean your technique gets better. So athleticism in general, I would say, obviously focus on the movements that are going to be the most important for your chosen athletic. Um, but otherwise, just to spend time doing athletic things. And it's it sounds very uh like recursive in a way but it it it's true like the more time that i spend you know fucking around on the rings climbing trees going on hikes where you have to haul your whole body over an uneven surface leaping from rock to rock and things like that they're just the kind of natural human movements that uh are athletics just in a different way you're not really thinking about training as such but spending more time out in nature doing that kind of stuff uh, really translates to better mobility and flexibility, which is going to make you more athletic. More specifically to the the weight side of it is, is making sure that you're getting an explosive push up uh, on the concentric movement for most exercises. Um, things like sled runs can be really good if you have a bit of weight behind you and just do like a 15 minute uh, 15 meter sprint with that um, but yeah, any anything where you're increasing your strength in the gym with exercises but then also practicing real life athleticism in the sport that you're working on or just as a more general sense and increasing range of motion and feeling better uh, is going to help you out yoga is a huge one to improve that mind muscle connection and just awareness of the body when you're more aware of the the range of motions that you have and, and deepening that range of motion and that end range strength uh, in those kind of super flex positions that contributes to athleticism as well like since practicing yoga i have much more control over my body and and my balance is so much better um to the point where i can kind of chill on on one leg while the other legs out out behind me and my arms are forward fairly comfortably uh and that all that all happens just from daily repetition of, of yoga or, or just more of a lifestyle of change overall in spending more time doing those activities rather than just sitting on the fucking couch or, or sitting in a chair right yeah I mean a lot of the stuff you can just do in your normal day that's not uh, you know it, it, you don't have to like carve out time for your day it's just you can just work it in already all that time you spent watching TV all the time you spent watching YouTube at night you know, when, when something's in the oven and you're cooking, you could be stretching. You could be doing some yep. some dead hangs. You could be doing some, you know, some some yoga. You could be doing some, you know, some some Michigans. Where, you know, you know that jump squat thing that all the wrestlers do? I don't, but go on. Okay. Yeah, there's a guy, Kevin Randleman. He's a, he's a former uh, MMA fighter. He would do these Michigans where he'd jump up. And, he, you know, Kevin's about... I think he's about 5'11 or 6 foot tall and he would jump up over his opponent's head and down he was that he was wow. that explosive and that athletic that's cool so just you know do, doing things like that and just training you know having fun with it yeah exactly like you you don't have to just do the bicep curls and that's that's fitness like you could it's it's about movement mm. so move move your body 
fly through the air. Uh, one last thing about athleticism, I think um, is important to mention yeah. is to grow your glutes. They are the powerhouse for <laughs> any uh, athletic movement, really, especially sprinting. Um, so just to maybe, if you haven't programmed glute lifts or, or, or heavy hip thrusts in, like you do deadlifts, like they're super important and you know it's not just a girl's exercise but you know do do your uh, cable pull throughs with heavy weight um do your frog pumps and things like that just to improve the strength of your glutes and you'll see a, a translation into improved athleticism from a few weeks of doing that also helps too if you're sitting a lot that, yes that glute lower back work yeah keeping that strong super important yeah super important agreed Uh, okay. Oh, wait, I got one, and then let's roll, and then after this one, let's get another one from you. Yeah. So, this one's interesting. It's, what are the benefits of smelling salts, ammonia, and music on training performance? Okay. Look, I don't actually know what <laughs> ammonia does, personally. I've never tried it. Um, <laughs> so, I can't really help with that one. I know that it, I think it's something to do with the blood flow. Um, I think when you inhale it... Uh, gets your nitric oxide firing and it makes you feel kind of high in a way i've seen like big power lifters smash it and they seem to get very amped up from it so i don't think it's something you should take on the regular i know it, you know it's pretty intense chemical so maybe you, if you're not a power lifter or competing as such then but yeah I, I don't really know do you know about it didn't even know didn't even know power lifters use that um if you're looking for energy you know, something like before a workout, honestly, just like black coffee, and, you know, something like that. It's probably better. It won't kill you <laughs> if you do it the wrong dosage. Yeah. Um, just Googling now. Yeah, Ammon I don't know anything about ammonia. Ammonia works so. by stimulating the nerve cells in the nose, causing a fight or flight reaction in the body. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you get a sudden burst of energy and have a muted sense of pain. This lets you lift more weight than you could during a normal lift. So, yeah, huh. that seems like it would, like, I don't maybe thinking not feeling pain is a very good thing. Like, you maybe want to feel pain if you're hurting, but I guess for powerlifters it makes sense because they just want to, they don't really give a fuck about their body. They just want to put up the, the most amount of weight possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're crazy and you want to hit a PR, I'd go yeah. ahead probably. But definitely not something you want to take before every single workout, four or five days a week. That's probably not good. Yeah. And then the other one's music on performance. Do you train with music? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, I think it's it's partially like I wish I could try training without music. The the other thing is that my gym plays like top of the pops music just on the radio during. So like, That's the even if I don't want to listen to music, I'm forced to listen to shit music. So I just put my good music on, you know. Um, so that's yeah, maybe something yeah. that hopefully if I if I get a a setup of my own I'll, I'll be able to try lifting without music but it can it can be a, a blessing and a curse um you don't want to rely on music um to get you amped up because then if you maybe your headphones fail or, or whatever else you're kind of going through a bit of a, a lower energy workout but i i like to listen to music for cardio 
uh, seems to, if you're listening to like house music, you can get into a very good rhythm and go further than you would otherwise, especially if it's an upbeat and energizing um, song. But yeah, I, I mean, I listen to music all the time. So in my workouts, I'll listen to, depending on my mood, uh, I've got um, obviously house music, uh, outrun style music, Vaporwave is, is really cool. Um, very energetic but then sometimes I'll listen to like Viking war chants <laughs> during a, a heavy squat session yeah, or something which is fucking awesome if you can do the swing yeah. of that yeah I uh, I trade with music and for the same reason as you because so when I was going to my gym it was a commercial gym you had the Katy Perry play on the radio so you have to have something in your ears just so you don't go insane yeah brains out mid-session um, so yeah, like I'll, I'll listen to house music, I'll listen to throat singing, I'll listen to, <laughs> you know, Viking chants. Um, yeah, I just kind of pop around, whatever I'm feeling like that day. And then what I started doing recently before the, the gym closed down is I, w- I was just playing a 432 hertz white noise mm-hmm. just in my headphones. And it was pretty sick because everything else was outside. I felt no, I just, all, all, what, what that does is. It makes you hear your breath inside your head, so you get this really like visceral experience when you're doing your when you're doing your lifts, and it just it, it focuses me really well. So that's something I definitely need to experiment with more. Um, the, once I get my uh, that's like uh, binaural beats, right? Similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binaural beats. Cool. I'll have to I think they're it. like I think they're in. Uh, they're in alpha waves or something like that. There's, there's alpha, beta, theta, all those stuff. So I think I say in alpha because if it's theta, then I start, you know, getting woozy and getting low energy. Yeah. You want to keep it up high, but you want to, you know, the, the point is for, for you to focus. It's not for you to doze off and fall asleep into your astral projection. <laughs> astral plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Astral plane, yeah, just fall into there. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. I, and I do want to start training without music. I think you know, doing some A-B testing and just seeing, like, yeah. how reliant I am on music for a good session would just be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it would be. But I also, like, music is one of the great pleasures of life, you know? Like, listening to an amazing song can, can evoke such pure emotion in you sometimes. And I think, I think it's important to not... Um, not be too brutal in in the rejection of the modern world to the point where you don't have any fucking fun ever, <laughs> you know. Like, no, dude, you can't train with music, otherwise you'll you'll yeah. be reliant on that. But it's like, uh, but if you're getting a better workout with it, you're enjoying it. Like, um, it's not the end of the world. And I think some people sometimes have a a too black and white uh, definition on on these things to avoid or whatever else for the sake of like being a tr- trad. LARPA in a way and yeah I don't think it's healthy in the long term no no it's th- that is a good point too there's a, I, I find this a lot with the with the you know the, the diet culture too where it's like they become so restrictive I, I see people that are like I only eat raw ground beef it's like you have no fun in life do you <laughs> <laughs> you have Man. you've just rejected the idea of fun yeah that would be I, I've yet to try the raw meat uh, gang, so I'll, I'll have to post about that if I ever try it. Have you tried it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, no, I, I, I've tried raw milk, I've tried raw kefir, 
not raw, not rough, not, not raw beef yet. <laughs> not, not not that woke. Yeah. Not that woke yet. I feel like. Um, but so here's the thing, like you cook, you cook these amazing meals. Like yours look like restaurant quality, freaking high end <laughs> meals. I, and this is like why would why would you want to eat raw if you can cook like that? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a nutritional benefit? I mean. I know that it's better to have like a, a rare steak than a, a completely cooked steak because you know it's a lot tougher. I feel like it's harder to digest. So you can extrapolate that concept to completely raw, I guess. Um, but then uh, yeah, that's my thinking. Then there's that whole theory of like we were able to gain uh, brain mass evolutionarily because we started cooking our meat and we those calories were more available to us but i don't know whether that was just one of those meme things that you hear and it's actually just based on like one scientific study or, or some archaeologist theory that might not necessarily be backed up and maybe it was just the fact that we started yeah. eating meat in general that enabled the same kind of brain change yeah yeah it, now that we're we're on the topic of meat and diet whatnot i got a question what are your thoughts on veganism and vegetarian you know cutting out meat completely I, you know, I think it's, it's all been said before, you know, it's, it's like, a, I don't want to be a broken record in that sense. I could think, I wish I could not harm any animals and have a good, healthy diet that, that did the things that it needed for me. You know, I love animals. Um, my dad was a vet and I have, I've had that influence of looking after animals my whole life. So I... Ideally, if I could live off just eating plants and fruits, you know, they're still organisms that die, you know, how deep do you want to go into with that? But yeah, as far as I think if your veganism is rooted in you don't want to do any harm to animals, great. But also just be aware that you probably won't be able to get a complete nutritional profile from the foods that you're eating, especially how the majority of vegans eat is they'll be like, I'm vegan. Uh, what'd you eat last night? Okay, I had McDonald's chips, some Cheetos, um, you know, some other lollies. Like, it's vegan, bro. It's good. But then they're just fucking garbage that if you stick to that and then coupled with, like, a uncooked vegetable smoothie with, with a lot of anti-nutrients and it's all well, well and good, vegetables having vitamins and minerals in them, but if you can't absorb them because we only have one stomach as predominantly omnivores, like... We, we can't get the nutrition that horses can out of grass because we don't have cows have four stomachs to deal with those kind of things so unless you're really heavily deep into the veganism like fermenting all your vegetables uh washing and preparing beans so, so that they're not just going haywire in your stomach like all of those things which increase the nutrition available to your vegetables but in general like at least eat eggs. That's my thing. Is like eggs aren't harming anyone. You have some free-range chickens. You feed your scraps to them. They pop out eggs, which you collect. You know they're not doing anything with the eggs. It's not harming anyone. And the eggs are, you know, one of the best sources of nutrition for all these fat-soluble vitamins and and protein and all the rest of it. So I think eggs and vegetables and fruits is very doable. Um, but obviously the yeah. red meat and and the I mean, liver and things being a bit a bit more nutritious. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to get eggs in there, that solves so many problems. Yeah, so many so issues many. that we doesn't have. So that that would, that would make things easier because I I know a lot of people are skeptical about you know the quality of meat, especially if you don't have the uh, you know you don't have the ability to afford you know 
high quality grass fed organic. Yeah. Like that you have to buy like the store bought. You know the, you know those those weird grain fed mass produced from, you know, the market. You, yeah. Yeah, you have no idea where they came from. Where you can only buy like Johnsonville sausages, stuff like that. Yeah. Then yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you do cut out meat and just put some more money towards getting some good quality eggs or some good quality. You know. Yeah, I I think it would like it's still meat. It's still got the like the better you can eat, the better obviously the better quality you can eat um, and free range organic and everything. But I know Sean Baker, the the carnivore diet guy, he only like he's only eats grain fed steaks, and I don't think he really gives a fuck about the quality of his meat. And that's kind of like part of his thing is like you can still just eat meat and just eat meat and be fine. And you know he's fucking strong and and looks healthy, so. The other thing is yeah. looking at like people that are proponents of a certain diet uh, mm. that mm. to look at how successful they are or how good they look. If, do they look healthy? Does their skin look good? You know, does their, their eyes have a lot of light and energy behind them? Uh, if that's the case, then usually that person's doing pretty well in the realm of, of health and, and all that. And you can apply that to a lot of different practices like... Um, like the rest of the stuff that comes out, like if someone's telling you soy is really good for you and then you look at them and they're like, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet uh, and look like shit, then it's like, okay, maybe soy isn't the best move, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good heuristic. Look at who's telling you. Yeah. Look at who's telling you what. And so many questions are answered right off the bat. It's yeah. Like so many. It goes through everything. There we are. You got a... Uh... Yeah. Got a question now? Sure. Um, so, I guess this one's more of a general general point. Um, thoughts on life, dating, and work after the whole coronavirus kind of mixes up or finishes up. I think it'd be good to talk about mm. at least. Mm. I think one of the biggest things we're going to see is one, businesses realizing the folly of uh, office space a lot of the time is like how much time is wasted people commuting an hour and a half to work an hour and a half home to sit in an office where they you know you, now the technology is available so that you can just email and, and voice chat and whatever else and obviously obviously the office lends itself to certain culture that I think some companies will go back to but I think a lot of companies will realize hang on we don't have to pay rent here and people can just work from home or we can save a lot of money on that so I think that's going to be one of the transformative things to look out for uh, in businesses but also this idea that I think we're going to see a, a huge a bit of a boom you know people are going to have all this pent up energy and they haven't been spending as much or just being unsocial in general that I think all of the all of the business areas or, or disciplines that are more leisure focused I think we'll just see a massive boom because people will finally be able to get out of the house and, and you know comedy festivals things like that performance I think it's going to be a bit of a bit of a boom in that sense Def- I, I definitely agree with a lot of that yeah the, uh, the corporate corporate real estate is going to be really interesting to me because I don't think offices are going to go away. I think there will be a purpose for an office. Yeah. But that purpose is going to get redefined. And that's going to be like, okay, why do we have this fucking, you know, four, 14 floors of this building? In the middle why? of New York. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, and we're paying, like, I don't know, even like a million dollars 
Yeah. Um, I don't even know how much business rent is, but, yeah. you know, absurd amounts of rent yeah. for this space when we get the exact same thing done with less overhead at home. So, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to go under. I think a lot of things are going to sell. And honestly, like, this, this could be a really good opportunity for some, like, newer companies that are a bit more, you know, decentralized, a bit more mobile yeah. to, you know, come in, sweep up a couple floors, sweep up a couple offices and just have that for their, you know, and make it like an open office sort of team team home base for their little operation. Yeah. There's, and sort of, you know, get the big corporate guys out of there. There's a lot of opportunity um, in tumultuous times. So I think it's important to realize that is that yes it does seem all very scary and and changing and everything but with that change and with people adapting to a new environment there's the potential for you if you uh you know put the effort in or or find a little niche or something for you to capitalize on that change and and really make use of it in that sense rather than just worrying oh it's all changing sucks like yeah it's changing but change is inevitable so you might as well try and make the most opportunity of it and and yeah get a good stuff out of it definitely agree you can't stop change you know yeah. i mean you're a bit older than me you probably you probably remember uh the two you know the, the the media hysteria behind the 2008 uh you know stock market crash and whatnot in america but everywhere or the housing bubble crash my yeah bad. yeah yeah but um yeah but like immediately after that like boom you know that's the that when when the stock when the stock market crashes that's when people swoop in pick up a bunch of stuff that's really undervalued yeah and when it inevitably goes up that's when all the millionaires are formed mm. so these are perfect times for you to start that business perfect times for you to you know go out and do the thing that you want to do start that project that you want to do because the world's kind of stopped right now it's in haywire so you can kind of like you know, sneak your little operation in there, and then when everything kind of comes back online, things start resuming again. You can you'll you have can, a head start playing the game from a yeah yeah yeah. You have a head start and you got some footing already when everything was kind of slowed down and they, they, it wasn't so cutthroat. Yeah, not for sure. Okay. But, uh, yeah, how has it been for you in, in Straya? Um, you know, my uh, my, my life hasn't really changed that much apart from the the gyms being closed. I'm not a particular nightclub guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the nature has still been open for me, so, you know, it is what it is, and, and not yeah. not spending all of my time inside is a big one, but yeah, hopefully we're on the other side of that and we can get back to uh, better, better times. Yeah, get back to better times. I, honestly, they, they really overhyped the whole thing so hard. Yeah, look... <laughs> that's that's kind of another another topic in itself but media is always going to want to yeah. hype things up and make it seem worse than it is so they get more clicks and then that on overdrive um with everyone you know sure let's let's uh just kind of see what this thing is for real and make sure the hospitals don't get overrun and shut down for a bit so we get everything in place but don't stop people from being able to work to support themselves based on something that yeah. is now turning out to not be as, as dangerous as we thought. So it's kind of, I, th- I feel like yeah. the initial uh, protocols maybe were okay and just everyone, just till we got the hang of it, but now we know, okay, let's expedite this reopening process because it's all a bit bs at the moment. Yeah, it is. It shows just how slow governments are at the end of the day. Yes. It's like, wow. <laughs> 
weird people on the internet are, are 10 weeks before a government. That's that's funny. Yeah, government is never the most efficient um, workflow. Let's just say that. Never. All right, let me let me check the uh, let me check the thread. See if there's a good one. That uh, you got time for help? How many more? Uh, I'll probably do do one more of mine, and then if you have a good one as well. All right, let's do one one more of each. Uh, just... Oh, this one's good, and we can kind of like parlay this into a slightly larger topic. So this one is by Ten Inch Man. And it, it is, how do I prevent wrinkles when I'm always getting that healing sunlight? So I guess this is kind of a, this, we can parlay this into the, you know, like, skincare and, you know, sun exposure. Because I know a lot of people get sunburned even when they have good diets and whatnot. And they're like, why? 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 So, yeah. what, do you, I mean, do you get sunburned easily or do you, do you just kind of um, tan? I, I tan very well now. Um, obviously this is years of kind of working my way up and exposing myself to sun and you're not going to have, you know, a complete elimination of polyunsaturated fatty acids, which a lot of people, um, say if they remove that from their diets and they don't get sunburn anymore, that's one of the big things that carnivore people say, look, I'm only eating meat and now I can stay out in the sun four times as long with no sunscreen and not be as burnt, but rather just get like a nice richer tan or, or, or just feel better and kind of absorb the sunlight a bit more. I don't know about the super validity of all that. Like I'm sure that if you stay out in the sun long enough, you'll still get burnt. You know, that's just the nature of the, the sun. Uh, I think it's, it's very important to work your way up, you know, go outside for five, 10 minutes with your shirt off. If you haven't exposed your chest to the sun in, in months, you know, like that's just a no brainer to, bringing in any new stressor on the body uh, the sun's very good and, and helpful for you and benefits you a lot but it's still you know it's still a big source of radiation and and all that so i don't think you can immediately just go out and and not use sunscreen um limit the amount if you're if you're forced to be in the sun wear a cap or something rather than you know to create shade rather than putting on a, a facial sunscreen like i don't think there's the need for sunscreens instead of, well, what do you do instead of sunscreen? You know, either limit the amount that you're outside in the sun, um, or just use like a t-shirt instead of having to slather yourself with, with those chemical kind of mixes that we don't, definitely aren't good for you. And we don't know the long-term effects of using for like a whole summer. And I've done that and I, I kind of cringe about it because I'm like, fuck, what was this stuff that I was absorbing to my skin? You know, anything you put on the body is effectively like eating it. So you wouldn't eat a, a big thing of sunscreen. It seems kind of weird and for good reason. So yeah, I think just thinking about that. What else did they say in the question? I feel like I've gone off topic a bit. Uh, it, it was due to wrinkles and like, wrinkles. wrinkles in the sun. Well, I, I don't know. There's, I know there's things you can do, like always keeping your skin moisturized, like a good kind of natural moisturizer is a good one. Um, making sure if you're super worried about wrinkles, you're not you know, relax your face as a default setting. Like you, you get those wrinkles because you're constantly, you know, frowning or, or whatever else, forcing your skin, your skin into that position, which creates the wrinkles. So helping to bring your stress down in general and not always furrowing your brow and being upset about things definitely contributes to, to eliminating the wrinkles. But I know also like I just recently got this red light 
this therapeutic red light. Um, and I have a thread mm. about this on my Twitter if, if listeners are interested. But there was one study that, that shows uh, a benefit, or sorry, an improvement in fine line wrinkles uh, through like a few weeks of this red light treatment. And the mechanism through um, that that works is because the red light stimulates the mitochondria in the cells. So the mitochondria obviously are responsible for energy production uh, in the body. So it seems like wherever you shine this red light uh, seems to get a, a bit of an uptick in, in metabolism and activity. And of course that is a carry on effect of clearing away waste products, you know, healthier skin cells. So that helps to, to improve wrinkles. The other use of that red light is on the testicles. Uh, I don't know if you've read about that, but this there was a study I about sunning. Yeah, so a similar thing, exposing your balls uh, to natural sunlight, or in this case, the red light therapy, actually promotes in the same way. Obviously, you're boosting the mitochondria in what are called the Leydig cells, L-E-Y-D-I-G, uh, and they're responsible for the production of testosterone. All of your body's testosterone is pretty much made in the balls. So when you're applying these light sources, whether it's the sun or, or the red light, um, you get a, a bit of a boost in general, which when locally applied to your testicles, improves the rate that testosterone is pr produced in the body. And that's kind of the mechanism and why I recommend, you know, getting out in nature, get, getting the fellas out and exposing them to a bit of sun. And you definitely notice the difference uh, doing that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, have you, uh, how long have you had your red light? Uh, set up um i've had it for like two weeks now took ages to come because of the shipping and corona and things but you know you, you put it on a certain area of your skin and, and feel something you definitely feel something it's it, a similar kind of feeling to being out in the sun where your skin feels a bit flushed and like there's blood flowing around and just like a nice feeling um so yeah i've been in that for a few weeks and definitely noticed a difference especially in the mornings it's a good one to do to kind of wake up and Get that light on different areas of your body and it, it seems to help wake up uh the body and everything so definitely a big fan of that i de i need to get one of the huge panels oh. that does the whole full body but they're like a couple of grand <laughs> so we'll see is it so is it just basically a big bulb that you just turn on and yeah hold or is it like on a stand well you get the bulb and then i've just put it into a lamp and you can you know angle the lamp whichever way you want and put it behind you or whatever Oh. That's another good one for hair growth. Like if you were to shine it on your face, you'd get um, more hair. Oh, I, I got this big old. It's it's too far away, but I got this big old Pixar lamp. So I'm just gonna wake up every morning and shine it straight in my balls. Yeah, no, that's literally what I do. I, <laughs> I have a I have a similar Pixar lamp that just you know sits at the right height, and I'll stand there maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it looks funny if if you will look out the like outside my door it's like what's going in there fucking Amsterdam red light district party <laughs> or something so that that's a bit of a, a conversation starter for people if, if they see it and uh you know but yeah it's good it's good it's fun for the first guy for the first guy right the first guy that asked a question about being social right get the, get the girl right invite her over when she opens tell her to open the door and she opens the door have that Pixar lamp right over your balls with the red yeah. light have it just slightly covered in your crotch and be like hey baby how you doing uh, this right, I'm just doing go. some Perfect. red light therapy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I got yes uh, you, know, you follow Sobra on Twitter yeah she said you talked all about this you follow <laughs> yeah she's like what the fuck exactly. are you talking about exactly. 
exactly how you uh how you, deal how you with get women chicks. Right there. So alright <laughs> Exactly. So you got uh you got one more question? Uh yeah, so just a quick one, I guess. Um with the nutrition side of it, could you point us towards good sources of nutrition slash biochemistry related knowledge that you recommend for further reading? Um, and then I, I just two books that I think are pretty good, obviously. Uh, Deep Nutrition by Catherine Shanahan. I'm sure you've you've delved into that a bit, but that's like the classic standard one that, that really is quite a modern book, so it has a lot of references to modern studies if you're into that and just and just kind of talks about why we need the nutrition that we do and and it talks about uh seed oils and vegetable oils in depth and the the harmful effects that they have you know like contributing to alzheimer's and things like that so that's a really good one uh pretty accessible it's not too uh wordy or anything um the other one that comes to mind is uh the book by weston a price it's called nutrition and physical degeneration um so this was written a while ago by a guy called weston price um so it's a bit of an old book but it's been updated and you know it's still completely relevant probably even more relevant now because we've we've seen like a further degradation of our food quality and the minerals and vitamins that everyone's getting in their in their daily diet <clears throat> so it's a really good one and Weston Price, is, so he did like a massive uh, around-the-world study um, of remote villages, you know, in Africa, in Switzerland, Scotland. He just went to all these different places where they were untouched by the Western diet as such. Like, they would just have been eating the natural things that they have been eating for hundreds of years. Um, and what he found was that dental decay is caused primarily by nutritional deficiencies so you get narrowed facial structure crowded or crooked teeth or you know people needing braces and all these things and he found that that was non-existent literally non-existent in these in these remote villages and you think well what the fuck's going on where if if a random remote uh tribal village they all have perfect teeth you know they you think they don't have access to the same foods that we have but We've got it the wrong way around in that sense because all of the food that they're eating is unprocessed, it's natural, it's fresh. Um, he also found that these right. native tribal diets contained at least four times the quantity of minerals and, and water-soluble vitamins of the traditional American diet back in the day, which has gotten even worse compared to now. But then they also found that they've got 10 times more fat-soluble vitamins, so the really important ones like vitamin A or vitamin D, those, those ones we talked about earlier that enable you to process and digest everything else, is, you know, you need those fat-soluble vitamins to absorb nutrients in everything else. So, it, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting read. It, it's kind of the basics of, and tells you about what we need as humans again, um, and kind of why what we're eating now even if you think eating healthy might not necessarily have enough of the quality of from it and how if you were to kind of mimic the tribal diets as such and try and get better sources of the food of animal foods and all that then you know that's it's a lot better for your health 100 yeah i mean those two books i haven't read the second one but i've read deep nutrition yeah it's a fantastic book and 
covers basically all, all the things you need to start, yeah. you know, buying and cooking foods that are healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't, the, the two things I would say are, one, follow Grimhood yeah. on Twitter. Seconded. I, he's, like I said in the beginning, he helped me uh, gain my, gain my get, start gaining mass, but he has, I, I've never seen somebody with just so much knowledge on top of knowledge on top of knowledge when it comes to biochemistry, nutrition, how bodily functions, hormonal health, all that stuff. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge. He's currently writing a book, which oh, that's good. by the end of the year. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's going to be perfect. So, and he takes questions daily, ask him whatever, he'll answer it. So, start following him, start reading his stuff, start, re- start you know, to take his consultations, all that stuff, get your health in line. Second thing I would say is just go on, just go on Wikipedia or something and just look up, like, what, what is serotonin? Look up what is what is testosterone, you know, and then you kind of just follow the paths, and then look up how they look up how all these hormones interact with one another. Yeah, because you'll find a you find a lot like wow, like what we're doing just in terms of what we're consuming, you know, what what we physically do out in our daily life, it's so bad for our hormonal health. Yeah, so bad. You know, everything from sitting to staring at screens to you know breathing in polluted air all this stuff just wrecks your hormones yeah and when you see the processes and how they all interlink and how that just one thing can screw up like 50 you you realize that your body is precious and you need to do everything you can to make sure it's running in tip-top shape all the time yeah no for sure uh, well beautiful that uh well, that doesn't even my list i think i yeah i uh we just got a bunch. There's a bunch of other random ones that are not really quite. People haven't formulated questions. They just go glycine question mark. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah. Helpful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, I do want to end on one thing sure. that's health related. And I think that'd be interesting. Is that I started using pine pollen and I telegram to you about this and uh, mm-hmm. whatnot. And it's been it's been enough to where I think I can give I can give a good uh, synopsis on that. Yeah. Um. My my key takeaway is that pine pollen does nothing whatsoever if I'm not exercising. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Don't even notice I take it. But when I exercise with it, like, that is like second wind times ten. You're taking like, it before exercise? Wind, right. Right before exercise, just, in some, just teaspoon in some water, yeah. stir it up, drink it, you know, normal stuff. Dude, that, that gets you so jacked up. Like in the workout, you are so focused. Your cool. your heart is pumping, and you know you don't feel like you're gonna, you know you feel like you can keep going forever. It's it's, it's really crazy, and you're really just like you're dialed in. It's, I'll have it's to try nice. it. It's nice. Yeah, it's pretty cheap too. It's like twenty five bucks, and it's if you get the extract, you can use like a quarter teaspoon, and then you'll get the same effects. So do you know what really the um, like the mechanism is that might be. Uh, boosting your physical no. endurance or whatever, or you know, I I, I just kind of got it recommended to me, but I did I did some cursory research on it, and from what I can tell, it basically acts as a natural steroid, um, a low level steroid. It just like boosts your, um, you know, yeah. it, just, it just it just makes you high energy. It's like it's like if you ever had tried maca root. Yes, love that. Same kind of thing. Yeah. It's like maca root. It's like maca root, but like it. It, it's like super concentrated yeah like with maca like i get it and then like an hour later i'm like oh yeah i'm, I'm feeling pretty horny i'm feeling pretty crazy yeah right? 
but like with the pine pollen you take it you start working on it you're like fucking immediately just like jacked up on on it cool so definitely right there especially too if you're looking for get some more pep in your workout and you're not wanting to like drink coffee or tea or a pre you know like a yeah. crazy pre-workout with dimethylene or whatever then yeah. <laughs> pine pollen's the way to go definitely say all right pine pollen's the way to go all right guys well this has been an amazing cast Solbrot, thanks for coming on. Uh, Art House? No worries. Thanks for having me once again. It was fun. Delicious cast, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Y'all later.